0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Unbreakable with Ellen Kay. Today, our topic is bullying. And just before we get started, I just wanted to throw some stats at you guys. Um, One out of four kids are bullied. 77% of students are bullied mentally, verbally, and physically. Cyberbullying statistics are rapidly approaching similar numbers, with 43% experiencing cyberbullying. Elle, I know that you were bullied a lot in school so i was just wondering if maybe you would want to start us off on this conversation and let people know what you had been through
1: yeah (laughs) um yeah pretty much my whole entire school existence from the time i walked in the door to the time i left was nonstop. deafness was an easy you know it was such an easy target for so many reasons you know kids are cruel um and um being deaf, being different, maturing faster so you have more weight on you, or something like that, Um, or being a little, you know, chunkier than, uh, you know, whatever, it didn't matter. I dressed differently because, you know, I grew up in a very conservative Christian background, so that's how we dressed, and, you know, they would pick on me just Anything. I mean, I could give you examples of some of the extreme cases. So one of the most extreme ones was when I was in, I believe, seventh or eighth grade. And um, a bunch of girls in in, um, the class above me that I thought were my friends, um, as well as the girls from my class, all circled around me outside um, while we were at recess yeah we still had recess they just started spreading on me oh my god and i know the teacher saw mm-hmm. i know she did and um didn't do anything there was another time the boys in my well it was several times but they would spit in my food in my lunchbox and they would just stare at me waiting for me to eat it because you know haha went without lunch quite a few times just because i was afraid it was contaminated
0: I wonder if that's where your
1: whole germaphobe kind of thing yeah. comes into play. And that's why, even to this day, that's one thing I can't handle is somebody spitting. Like, yeah. it just, not just grosses me out, but it's just, it's just, yeah, no, I, I, mm-hmm. it triggers. I, I've been spit on, I, you know. Um, I was even bullied by a teacher once. Oh my goodness, what happened there? Um, fifth grade. hmm She was, she, she... she She was a demon, I think. But I can't tell you what exactly happened, but this is what I know. Um, We were in the middle of class, and she's come here. So I came up to the front of the class to her. She tells me to take out my hearing aids and turn around and face the class so that she can talk to them without me hearing. Wow. And she got away with it. She wasn't reprimanded, nothing.
0: You know, it just makes me wonder, because we always tell our kids, you know, if you're being bullied or, if, or whatever, you need to tell mm-hmm. the authority, you need to tell the teachers. And if mm-hmm. they don't do anything, then... What do you do? Right. What message does that send either, to like to our kids
1: that they don't matter? Mm-hmm. You know? Right. And, you know, it wasn't years later, you know, talking to my mother about it. And she's like, I don't understand why you didn't tell me. I said... Because I was brought up, you tell your teachers, you tell the authorities, they handle it, you know? And I said, by the time it got so bad, I was starting to believe them. Mm -hmm. I was a freak, I wasn't good enough, I wasn't smart enough, I was ugly, I was fat, I was uh, contaminated, I was this, that, and the next thing. You know, you start believing it after a while, which I truly feel is part of what triggered my, a big part of what triggered my um, chronic fatigue syndrome and my fibromyalgia syndrome. That on top of with, you know, past traumas as well, but that was around the time that I started developing it. What about yours? Yeah,
0: because you started having that issue really young, so. Mm -hmm. I was
1: 11 years old when it started.
0: Right. So, I mean, we were just talking about that last week with past traumas having something to do with chronic illness, and there's a perfect example.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. And that's why it's so important, you know, to, in my opinion, teach your children you know, if you see bullying, if you are bullied, tell everybody until something is done. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's otherwise it's just going to keep going. You know, I mean,
0: because now we have extreme reactions too from students that that are true. so beaten down, and because we don't know what's going on at home with them either, or they might be mentally ill. Plus, they're being mm-hmm. bullied, and they're just you know they're becoming mm-hmm. violent. So, um, yeah teachers need to get involved like seriously.
1: Yeah. And I feel bad for the teachers though too cuz they still have a, they have a, a lot on their plate already. It's like there's only mm-hmm. so much time you know to give to all of your students, you know. So I understand in some ways, but there's no reason not to deal with the issues.
0: Well, plus you don't need to be part of the problem.
1: <laughs> That's true too. Yeah.
0: Um, I do remember one time when, I mean, for me, we didn't, I didn't have a lot of bullying in my past. Uh, mm. It was basically the girl stuff where uh, friends would turn against each other, mm. when, you know, like somebody. The cattiness, is that what you're saying? She said this about you. She said mm. that about you. And so whenever it was somebody's turn, they got bullied by the girls for a bit. And it was always like the worst thing in the world because your friends hated you for a week. Um, but mm. <laughs> that's not the same, so. Um, but there was one time when I was on the bus, we were coming back from a field trip and the girls were being particularly bad that, that day. And they were saying things about my family and they were saying things about me and, um, they were being particularly mean. And this teacher, I just remember this teacher sitting in the seat in front of me and just laughing, like laughing along, thinking the whole thing was funny. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget that. Like, them, I don't even remember what they were saying, but I remember the teacher laughing. And that's, mm. that's what imprinted on me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But for me, the, the, the bullying didn't happen until later when I became an adult. And actually, when I got sick with lupus, and I had put on a bunch of weight. Mm-hmm. And I started to realize that, you know, they're really it the world really does treat you different if you're heavy and which is sickening when you think about it because there's so many worse things you can be in life than overweight but i remember going to a store to get a new shirt because my i was outgrowing things and i would go like super early in the morning because i was embarrassed about who i was at that time Aww. and there was this girl who was working at the store and here i am trying to find stuff and she's like She's like yelling it super loud across the store. So, and, you know, looking at me every so often as she's saying it, she's like, I don't know how anybody could let themselves get into a plus size. I would kill myself. It's so disgusting and going on and on and on like that. And I'm just like trying to hold back tears. Mm hmm. And like, I, I came home and I told my husband, and he's like, why didn't you just like tell her where to go? Like, seriously, oh my God, why didn't you talk to a manager? Why didn't you? And I, you know, my friends were saying the same thing. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And it's like, when you're being bullied, you're frozen. Like you go into this place where you're frozen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I wish I had done all that stuff, but when it was happening, <laughs> I was so humiliated. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to get out of there. You know, yeah, you just want to disappear,
1: you know, if you could.
0: That was like my really intense situation with bullying was um, over my weight. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so which sucks because it does, because when you have chronic illness, you are limited mm-hmm. and people yeah. don't understand that they just want to judge you by how you look
0: yeah, and I mean, I remember talking um online where people were like, medications don't make you overweight, that you're using that as an excuse. And, um you know, I might have thought that too, if I had never had any sort of experience with it, but there are meds that make you gain weight, and they make you gain a lot of weight. And if you don't go off them, you can't lose the weight. I mean, I remember going into my doctor's office. And I said, I'm working on this and that. I'm trying to lose weight. And he actually laughed and said,
1: wow.
0: yeah, he actually, this is a doctor. They want you to lose weight. But he laughed and he said, there, it's not, he's like, you're not going to be able to lose weight as long as you're on this medication. It's not, it, we have to get you off this medication first. Mm-hmm. But in order to do that, we have to get your lupus under control. So, mm-hmm. I mean, For those of you out there who don't believe it, it's true. It really is true. And as soon as I went off the uh, medication, I started losing weight. So Good. It's hard for people, and people treat you, like, horribly.
1: They do. They Mm -hmm. really do. Yeah. Because they're only judging by what they see, but not by what they know. And, you know, they let their ignorance guide them. It just really sucks. Which is kind
0: of like the whole people bullying you because you're handy you're in handicap parking have you oh ever had that happen gosh. to you yes really
1: yeah because i'm legally blind so and it, you know that um that's what it took for me to get one for where I, I don't know why but and a lot of people you know they just see me they don't know what a blind cane looks like and i'm not old and i'm walking somewhat normally you know so you get the looks or the stares or you know you see them talking to each other and you know looking at you and you know
0: Mm-hmm. <sighs> I, I was talking to somebody I, I can't remember who not that I would say their name anyway but they got notes on their car before like <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah like shame on you how dare you use a handicap? when you can I saw you walking in the store just fine it's like people don't know how hard it was for that person to get mm-hmm. into the store like seriously
1: Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah i mean they, they don't realize like it, for me for example with fibro just the fibro um and you know having vision issues and then the anxiety with everything that's going on now especially going anywhere by the time i'm we're walking out of the store i'm exhausted mm-hmm. say so get me to the car i want to go home i want to unpack i want to crash yeah i'm done you yeah. know
0: When me and my husband would go anywhere, he would try to find this was this was when I was worse off than I am now without Mm -hmm. the treatment, without Mm -hmm. the meds that I had have now. Mm -hmm. Um, But he would try to park as close as he could to the store because every every step I took, like some days would just hurt so much, you know. So he always tried to make it easier on me. And he's like, you that you really need to get a handicapped. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what they're called. What are they called? uh, Yes, yes, yes. And I said, I know I do, but I didn't feel like I was as bad as people who really needed it. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that some people feel that way, you know, and then they get out of their cars and people are treating them that way, even though the doctor says they need it. So Mm -hmm. let's just pile on to the guilt they might already
1: be feeling. Exactly. Add to the anxiety that they already have. Right. You know, with the pain that they're dealing with already and having to be in public and then you're going to go be judgy, judgy, m- judge pants, you yeah. know, it, it's just
0: exactly. And like for me, the whole thing gave me social anxiety. So like I would get up at five in the morning to get ready to go to the store at six in the morning so that there was very little people there because that was the only time I felt like I could actually face it. And my friends were just like, are you crazy? Like, why are you <laughs> mm-hmm. who goes shopping at six in the morning? And I'm like, uh, I do because <laughs> <sighs>
1: there's nobody there.
0: Because I have such a difficult time, like just getting there and trusting that people are not going to be horrible towards me. And just the whole social anxiety thing got that bad for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be around people at all.
1: Yeah. I, I understand. Like, um, when I was at my higher weight, I was with my ex-husband, um, and he just was not having any of it. And you need to join, you know, get on a diet. You know, I'll pay for you to do Jenny Craig or whatever you want, but you need to lose weight. And, and I'm just, I can't. I have to be able to move. I can't, you know. Um, people just don't understand. It doesn't matter who they are. It can be perfect strangers, and sometimes the people you love. So.
0: Well, I mean, even if you're not overweight and you have fibromyalgia or something else that gives your body pain and it makes it difficult for you to walk,
1: mm-hmm.
0: people are total jerks in the stores. Like they'll get upset with you because you're walking slow.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You
0: know, like, yeah, it's
1: so irritating. like get yeah.
0: really impatient and it's obvious you're having a hard time. So, uh,
1: what is the talk- empathy people.
0: I know. Like. Think about other people besides how quickly you have to get to your next place or
1: something. Right. If I'm walking Um, too slow, either go around me or use the next aisle, you know, don't be basically, basically, yes. And I mean, it's
0: hard to trust your environment when there's those type of people like they Mm -hmm. think they can just run in and run out and do whatever. And they're not accounting for all the other people who are there and what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. so um yeah people lack empathy big time i think Really?
1: yeah i mean how many people get frustrated with me when i'm out in public just because of my hearing issues especially right. now with the mask because mm-hmm. now i can't read people's lips like i normally do when they're talking so it's a double whammy for me and so it's a lot easier for people to get frustrated with me just because mm-hmm. it's like you know you can see them all their eyes they don't hide it <laughs> you know
0: i know um, people are getting ruder and ruder like Especially since COVID, I'm sorry, but you guys out there really need to get, check
1: yourselves. Mm. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to not be able to hear you. I promise you, I am not saying to make your life miserable. You know. And
0: I'm sorry that it's inconvenient for you to have to do all these things, but we've been doing it for a long time. It's been, <laughs> in- it's been inconvenient for us forever. So
1: <laughs> get on board. This is what it's like. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, take, welcome to my life. Hello. Right. You know. Right. Every uh, time we
0: go out, it's, you know, we might catch something that's horrible and like, that's just been the way it's been for us. And, we're mm-hmm. trying to be understanding that you guys don't necessarily know what that's like. So try to be understanding with us, you know, yeah. for real. That's all we're asking is
1: for the same <sighs> understanding in return. That's all we're asking for.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But for a long time, I it did give me like this really low, uh, low self-esteem. And that's oh me too. Yeah. And so... It just added to, it. like, if you were bullied, I'm sure for you, if you're bullied through school, and then all this stuff happens as an adult, and it just keeps lowering and lowering your sense of self and your, you know, brings up all these insecurities and stuff. Oh my gosh, And now you're dealing with depression and anxiety, and now you've got these (laughs) other things, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. That you have to deal with and manage on it because it becomes permanent. Like I have permanent mm-hmm. anxiety now; I have to treat. So damn mm-hmm. here. Do you feel like that's where it came from
1: in a way? It, it contributed definitely. I mean, there's so many things along my life, unfortunately, that has contributed to my anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, but it definitely was a big one. I mean, even you know, to my CPTSD as well. Right. Um, because my wall is probably a lot higher than most people's. I don't let mm-hmm. a lot of people in because, no, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, right. You don't know what their intentions are. Right. That's what you become when you go through that for mm-hmm. so many years of your life because that's the only way you know how to protect yourself. Right. The amount of bullshit you can handle is a lot less than what you could. Do. Yeah, you're in less tolerant of people. So it's just. You know, that's that's just kind of going back to if you understand me, you, you know, if you don't or at least empathetic, you know, something, we're good. Right. Yeah, but if you're not, if you're not any of those things, it's like my wall's staying up.
0: Yeah. Which I think is sad, too, because I do believe in a way that even though we feel like our Radars are good, they can be faulty. So sometimes mm-hmm. we may be missing out on good people because we're picking up on things that are not necessarily who they are on the inside. So
1: that's it's, true, it's too. Sad. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the insecurity, oh my gosh, that's always been a very persistent in my life, not just through the bullying, but just throughout the whole thing. And then to, again, I'm sorry, to add the bullying on top of it, you just took a long time for me to find a, se- a sense of self in a good way. What do you
0: think contributed to like handling that and making yourself feel less insecure?
1: A lot of therapy. <laughs> yeah. A lot yeah. of therapy, a lot of work on myself, a lot of realizations, a lot of homework on myself. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the only thing you can do. I mean, you just try and, and be aware of what your thought patterns are and then you have to try and yes we you know we route it if you need to to, you know that no that's not true this may be what you're thinking and feeling but it's not true
0: for me like that idea that everything you think is not true was like to me, when I first realized that, it was, like, mind-blowing. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, wait a minute, you're right. Like, everything I think
1: isn't necessarily true, you know? Right. There's a phrase uh, that they said, perception is reality. But I'm like, no, it's not, because per- your perception doesn't mean that that's what's actually happening.
0: It's true. You're, everybody perceives things differently, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're What you know how you're seeing it is is right Mm -hmm. and how you're interpreting it because it's it you see it from where you are, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you're not in a good place. Mm
1: -hmm. You're not going to be seeing good stuff. You're not going to be hearing good things. Right.
0: So for me, like I had to in order to get my brain to kind of rethink things Mm -hmm. in a better way, I had to surround myself with positive things. That's good. I had to like in cognitive behavioral therapy is always good for stuff like this to ch- try to like rethink things and retrain your brain. Even if you just say, wait a minute, stop. This is a negative thought. You're doing so much better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're, ca- you're yep.
1: calling yourself out and you- you're calling mm-hmm. bullshit. Like, no, I understand. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel, but that is not reality, you know? And it's okay to feel bad right
0: now, but it's, it's not what's true about myself. So Cause we all have those thoughts, and I think that's, I think some people get stuck in this pattern where they think nobody else feels like I do, mm-hmm. um, which is a lie of depression and a lie of anxiety. Mm-hmm. It likes to make you think that. Yes. But once we realize that we're not we're not as unique as we think we are, in those thoughts, like everybody, a lot of people have the, those thoughts. It's what you do with those thoughts. That makes a difference. That w- is what makes us different as people. Um, because I think everybody can have those negative thoughts from time to time. I agree. Yeah. I so. agree. But of therapy. I agree with you. <laughs> I
1: guess it's my long way of getting there. It really, but I mean, that's where you get the tools to do this, you know? Right. Yep. So for the question of the week this week. Um, It is, how do you deal with canceling plans? How do you maintain relationships during these times? Hmm.
0: That's a good question. I thought so. (laughs) Do you want to tackle it first?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you want me to go first? I can go first. Um, Go for it. uh, So, yeah, for me, like, if I have to cancel the plans, um, it's kind of like, you know, deflated balloon. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because you put a lot of energy and effort um, to getting ready, you're excited, you know, you want to be with them, you want to, you know, do all of these things. Um, So if you have to cancel because of your health or whatever, you know, um, mental or physical health, it can be a little bit more detrimental to me than maybe other people. Right. Um, And especially because a lot of people don't take into consideration the fact that when you do cancel it's not because you want to it's because your body won't let you yeah um so a lot of people don't understand that so you will end up with losing people or just people that start like like holding a grudge against you and things like that or they just stop inviting you right yeah 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 yeah
0: like, for me, it, for me it's like, I feel so guilty as it is, because, I mean, for me, it's like, okay, yes, I was excited, um, but the worst part is that I already know that uh, I let somebody down, and they're probably not going to understand why, because that's just been my experience, mm-hmm. and I've lost some friends over this, uh, because I think they think you're using it as an excuse. Right. Like, You know what I mean? Like they don't think they don't believe that this is the third time in a row or maybe not in a row, but this is the third time you've had to cancel. So you're just using it as an excuse. If you don't want to hang out, just tell me. And it's like, that's not what I'm saying to you. (laughs) So I guess I haven't had the most understanding friends. And. The one thing about this is it does root out people people who are selfish and not understanding. Mm Mm-hmm. You
1: know. Unfortunately when especially, you know, when you're you know, in a relationship with people and you get it, you know, um, people don't understand. They 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 hit the bricks and Yeah. Yeah. That's it.
0: Yeah, I mean if you're not a person who has a lot of understanding, you're not gonna be friends with someone with chronic illness, is that simple. Mm -hmm. Exactly so but it makes us feel terrible that's just the short end of the of the answer is how do we handle it not very well <laughs> it makes us feel
1: terrible <laughs> it does it really really does yeah
0: and we do a lot of apologizing and maintaining mm. our friendships I mean for me sometimes I do little things to make up for it for to my yes, friends. yes it does I, I do I like send little things <laughs>
1: or
0: <laughs> um Just to let them know that i do care you know
1: Mm -hmm. so uh yeah yeah so okay what's the topic for next week
0: so i am so excited about this i'm like i know i said that before but no you guys really this is like i'm I'm like (laughs) bursting i want to do it right now (laughs) um it's about pets and how they can relate to like therapy pets, but mostly just also to your well-being as a sick person and being a companion Mm -hmm. and i'm so excited about this because for those of you who don't know i do volunteer for animal shelter and so i have so much i could say about this hopefully i don't bore everybody but i'm just so excited
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm excited too because i love my my animals as well Mm -hmm. and um it, I think it'll be really a fun topic. Yeah, we need a fun I know we've been
0: we've been pretty heavy the last couple yeah, weeks. So we're going to lighten
1: up a bit. <laughs>
0: yeah, we, give, give us all a little moment to breathe and go. Okay. <laughs> PTSD, settle down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> OK, so our final thoughts for this week are people who love themselves don't hurt other people. The more we hate ourselves, the more we want others to suffer. So that's something to think about if you're a bully or if you're being bullied.
1: Absolutely true. Very good quote to um keep near. I guess that's it for this this podcast. So with that, we will say see you next time. And as always, you're not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> Take, Take care, care everybody. everybody. Bye. Be safe. Bye.
0: We hope that you've enjoyed this episode of Unbreakable. If you'd like to connect with us, we've made it easier. We are now a part of Anchor, so you can find us at anchor.fm unbreakable. There you can find different ways that you can listen, and you can also find links to our social media pages. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So there's lots of ways that you can connect with us, ask us your questions that we might use on our podcast, and just say hi. Elle and I would both love to hear from you. Take care.